All right, children are heading downstairs. Children and young at heart are staying upstairs, where we will be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today. Um, and uh, this is an incredibly simple message. Um, I tried to make this sermon way more complex than it needed to be. And Jesus was like, this is a simple one. Don't make this harder than it needs to be. Amen. Right? So uh, you can thank Jesus, but this is going to be an incredibly simple sermon. Um, and hopefully one that you will grasp onto and be like, oh, that totally makes sense. I can live that out right away. And then we'll rejoice and worship together and it will be great. Um, so if you guys want to flip to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, I'm going to have it up here on the screen, and we're going to read it in the message version, and then we'll dig back in a little bit, and I'll be reading later on today from the ESV version. Um, and uh, here we go. What I want to talk about now, says Paul, is the various ways God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood. But I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. Show of hands, who can explain accurately and with great detail the way the Holy Spirit works? Blaze, don't raise your hand. <laughs> Nobody? Yeah, okay. See, this is complex and often misunderstood, but Paul wants us, to the very best of our abilities, to have an understanding, a knowledge of how the Holy Spirit works. Remember, how you were when you didn't know God. Let that sink in for a minute. Remember how you were when you didn't know God? You were led from one phony God to another, never knowing what you were doing, just doing it because everybody else did it. It's different in this spirit-filled life. God wants us to use our intelligence to seek to understand as well as we can. For instance, by using your heads, you know perfectly well that the Spirit of God would never prompt anyone to say, Jesus be damned. Nor would anyone be inclined to say, Jesus is master, without the insight of the Holy Spirit. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. And each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on this. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. It's funny that this happens on the heels of trick-or-treating because I kind of get this image of like you become a Christian and then you get to knock on Jesus's door and he's like, and here's the gifts for you. And it's kind of like Holy Spirit, spiritual gift trick-or-treating. And you see Jesus and then suddenly you have gifts to utilize. Is that, that's kind of the mental image I got. Maybe it was too much candy this week, but that was the mental image I had. Now, the variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing, the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, uh, tongues and interpretations of tongues. And all these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when, right? You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. 
Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. And it's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life, which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each one of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek or slave or free, they're no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. I want you to think about how, this, how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. See, if, if the foot says, I'm not elegant like the hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? And if the ear said, I'm not beautiful like I, I'm lipid and, lipid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how would it hear? And if the body was all ear, how would it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you are a part of. <coughs> An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and each in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine the eye telling the hand, get lost, I don't need you? Or the head telling the foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. Uh, the lower the part, the more basic, and therefore more necessary. You can live without an eye, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body, you are concerned with it. And it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. And if anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. Because if you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? <laughs> the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part depended on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. And if one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. And if one part flourishes, every other part enters into exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's what you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You're familiar with some of the parts that God has formed in this church, which is his body. Apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers, healers, helpers, organizers, those who pray in tongues. But it's obvious by now, isn't it, that Christ's church is a complete body and not a gigantic unidimensional part. It's not all apostle. It's not all prophet. It's not all miracle worker, not all healer, not all prayer in tongues, not all interpreter of tongues. And yet some of you keep competing for so-called important parts. This is where chapter 12 leaves us.
The last verse of chapter 12 is actually leading to chapter 13, so we'll get there next week. Um, this is a relatively long chapter with, with one significant point. That we are all one body, but we are drastically different individuals within this body. That we are all one body in Christ, but every single one of us who is a Christ follower has a gift from God. Every Christian has a gift or gifts, plural, as God deems fit. Um, so if you are a Christ follower this morning, raise your mental hand. Okay. And now that you've raised your mental hand, you need to recognize that when you became a Christian, God looked into his giant storehouse of gifts and he said, Ooh, I've got just the thing for this child of mine. In fact, here's two or three things that I'm going to give them by the power of my Holy Spirit that they may use not for their own glory, not for their own good, but for the good of the people around them, for the benefit of the church. And when they use their gift, it will make the body of Christ stronger. It will make the body of Christ more appealing to people who are not yet Christians. It will make the body of Christ more healing to people who are hurting. Every single Christian has a gift or gifts from the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting about these gifts is that um, some of them may be lifetime gifts. You may have a gift of the Holy Spirit and it may be um, discernment. For your entire life, you were just gifted by the Holy Spirit to discern that which is wise from that which is unwise. People come to you and they ask you, I'm not quite sure what to do here. Can you help me figure it out? And they were doing that even before you were a Christian because God gave you the gift. It becomes honed and perfected under his wisdom when you are a Christian. When he made you, he made you that specific way. So your whole life you wonder, why do people keep coming to me for advice? Uh, why do people keep seeking me out for wisdom? And then you become a Christian and you start studying God's word and you start to realize this is a gift God has given me. I have the ability to help people through the power of the Holy Spirit to discern what is wise from unwise. But then there might be a phase in your life where you get another gift for a period of time. You are going through a distinct trial in your life and God gives you an extra gift for that time, faith. No matter what comes your way during that window of time in your life, you just have faith. You can't explain it. You don't understand it. People are looking at you slack-jawed because your life is falling apart and you recognize it. But at the same time, you completely trust your life to God. You could be living in a cardboard box on 3rd Avenue overpass, but you trust Jesus and you are praising him like Job did, right? When everything went wrong and he said, Though he slays me, yet I will praise him. You think Job got an extra gift of faith during that time in his life? I think he must have. Some gifts are for a season. Some are for a lifetime. But if you are a Christ follower, you have gifts from God. It says in verse 4, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. 
There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them. These gifts don't come from you. These gifts aren't something you can create. These gifts are from God by the power of God to you. And it says, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Think about that. To each Christ follower. So insert your name. To Peter, right? You use your name. This is the example. To Peter, right? God has given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. He has given me gifts, manifestations, practical aspects, the visible, tangible things of the Spirit of God to use for the good of the church. Does that blow anybody else's mind? It should. You have a... It's one thing to think when we become a Christ follower, Jesus lives inside our hearts, right? And, and, and we have Jesus in us and he guides us and we are, you know, in this great relationship with Jesus. But there's something about the verbiage that says we have been given a manifestation, an aspect, a, a part of the Holy Spirit to use, to be enabled to use. We have the access to do that thing which God has gifted us to do when the situation demands it. We are uniquely displaying part of the character and quality of the Holy Spirit because he thought, wouldn't it be great if Peter could do that for other people on behalf of me? That's God. There's just so much stuff God wants to do in this world and so many people he's created to do it. And when we give our hearts to Christ, we not only have Christ living in us, we actually have the ability to call upon and live out the life of the Holy Spirit for the benefit of other people. So that should literally blow your ever-loving minds, okay? This is a huge concept that it's so simple. If we just surrender our lives to Christ, we then... <coughs> get to be led by the Holy Spirit into amazing and extraordinary opportunities. Um, many of you may go, okay, I've heard spiritual gift messages before. That, yeah, okay, some teach and some preach and some you know, pray and some blah, 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 all these things that happen. But I don't know what my gifts are. I've been a Christian for a while and I don't know if God gave me a gift, because I haven't found it yet, right? So sometimes we become a Christ follower and we wander through life just being a Jesus person, not knowing exactly how God has uniquely equipped us. So if that's you, okay, this morning, and you have a pencil or pen handy or your smartphone handy, okay, um, you can text the word next, just, just, just that one word, next, okay? to 206-887-9400. The number's in your bulletin. You can find it on our website. Um, and it plays on the slides before and after church, okay? 206-887-9400.
You can text the word next and it will send you immediately, magic of technology, right? Um, a response and the response will say something along the lines of, so glad you texted, click this link and we will help you sort these things out. So there's a link that you will click. You will answer one or two quick questions so I know who you are. And then I will be in touch with you and you will get a spiritual gift survey assessment so that on your own time, right? In between, um, you know, shopping and work and bedtime, somewhere in there, you can take a quick assessment that will help you figure out exactly how God gifted you. And then if you have questions and you're like, this doesn't make any sense, I had no idea, or oh my gosh, this makes total sense, wow. We can chat about that and figure out how that gift that God specifically gave you plays a role in this particular body of Christ. Because we will not be the same without you. God has uniquely designed, if you are here and this is your church, you to serve the church and your community with that gift or gifts God has given you. And when you are not serving, um, then we are lacking as the body of Christ. Um, in fact, that's actually the next thing that uh, we're gonna talk about, that if you have gifts, there is no exemption clause. Um, in, in, in the passage that we read, if, if you're following along in verse 18, it says, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose, and if all were a single member, where would the body be? I think of like a giant floating eyeball, right? Like it's just grotesque and horrible. Um, and, and as it is, there are many parts but one body. So the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the feet can't say, or the head can't say to the feet, I have no need of you. No one body part gets to say, get out. No one body part gets to say, I just don't feel like being an intestine today. I'm just not feeling the digestive vibes, right? I'm gonna sit this one out. Because then the body's in serious hurt, right? If you are a Christ follower and you have gifts from God because you are a Christ follower, there is no exemption clause. You do not get to sit this one out. There is no um, free pass, don't have to do it today. There is, you are uniquely gifted by the will and determination of the God who made the universe to have a unique and special set of gifts that display an aspect of who he is and his glory to the world around you, you have no right to say, I don't want to use those. You have no right to say, eh, not today. You have every responsibility and burden and joy to lean into that and go, I'm going to live the way that he has crafted me to live. I'm going to embrace the gift that he has given me and use it for his glory and the good of those around me. And sometimes we think that our gifts aren't worth it because he goes on to talk about those lower parts and those higher parts. And with the body, we kind of get the idea, right? Hair versus digestion, right? Some things we talk about, some things we don't talk about but all of them work together. All of them function together. And if the mitochondria in our cells go, not today, we will cease to exist. We won't function, right? If our lungs decide, nobody sees me, nobody ever hears me unless they're running the feet or running up a hill, right? I'm gonna sit this one out. Body's gonna die. 
And that makes sense when we think about our physical bodies. But when we think about the spiritual body, the body of Christ, the church, the believers, the ones that are in Christ together in this room today, when any one of us withholds the gift that God has given you for this body, it is as if you are saying, I don't need to be a foot on this body. We're going to make that, that footless body drag itself up a hill. Yeah. Nope, I'm, I'm just going to, eyes are going to play this one out. Mm -mm. It hurts the body of Christ. We miss you and your gifts. We long for them. We will be stronger with you than without you. That's why when people move away from the body of Christ, and we, we sent, what, 30 some odd people away this past summer, right? We felt that, didn't we? Yeah. We felt that deeply because we were intertwined, right? We were woven together as the body of Christ. We, we relied on one another for relationship, for ministry, for fellowship, um, for calling people and saying, hey, my tire's flat, can you come save me, right? These kinds of ways that we work ourselves together, when someone leaves, we miss that. The beauty of God is he weaves new people in all the time, right? Um, so new people have come in to the body since summer. Some people have left since summer. But God is continually bringing people in with the gifts that he knows are needed in this body. If you are a Christ follower and this is your church, then you have gifts to be using for the good of this body. There is no exemption clause. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so don't raise your hand, raise it in your head, not, okay, I'm not gonna call anyone out on this. I think we're all guilty, so we might as well just all raise our hands, but don't, right, you know. How many of you, don't raise your hand, just gotta say this over and over again, have exempted yourself from service because you just didn't feel like it? How many of you thought it would just be easier if you just showed up and then left and you didn't have any responsibility? if you didn't have any obligation, if you didn't have any weight to carry, if you didn't have to deal with other people's problems, if you didn't have to set up or tear down, if you didn't have to pray for people because of their problems, right? You know, all the things that we think about, but we never say out loud, right? We're just being honest as believers together. It is stuff that goes through our minds and our hearts. And yet God says, how much greater will the body of Christ be if everybody does what I have called them to do? If everybody participates, did you know that people would not go hungry? <laughs> if everybody participates, did you know that um, uh, people would be healed? Because the people who have the gift of, you ever just know those people that seem like they have the red line to Jesus? And you wonder, how do you have that red line connection? How is it when you pray, stuff happens, and I can pray till I'm blue in the face, and it doesn't seem like the same quality of connection is going on? Do you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, so I know like two or three people with the red line, and so they are the people that when I have an issue that needs prayer, I call those people, and I'm like, I need you to pray, and I kid you not, this happened like three weeks ago. I, uh, I had a, a thing that I needed solved. It just, I was like stressed out and I was like, okay. So I called one of these people and I said, here's the situation. Can you just, can you just pray about this for me? And it was like an imminent, not terrible crisis, but it was like affecting me. So it was terrible, right? You know? Um, and, 
And, and they said, sure. And they prayed with me on the phone. And before they hung up, they said, I'm going to continue praying for the next whatever period of time. I hung up. Ten minutes later, problem resolved itself flawlessly. I called that person back. I'm like, it worked. <laughs> you know, because some people have the gift uh, and, 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 and a healing. Have, have any of you ever experienced a physical healing that was just... There's no reason it should have happened except that Jesus went and you were healed or someone you knew was healed. Um, it, it's phenomenal when God's people get together and pray and people are healed, right? Um, but if people who have that, that ability to just, man, they just pray with the voice of the Holy Spirit. But if they don't, we're missing something significant, right? And people who have the gift of leadership, if, if they just sit on their seats all their life long and don't lead, we're going to struggle. What would happen if Moses said, nope, <laughs> not going to happen, not today. right? But the reality is we see people struggle with it, even in scripture. If you struggle with it, you're in good company, right? Moses struggled with it, but, 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 but I stutter, Moses said. <laughs> I don't want to. Um, I'm scared to. Gideon. Uh, he struggled with the idea, you know, all of the people that we look at in scripture go, well, I, mm, I, uh, excuse. But when they give themselves over to the way God has made them to be, to the things that God has enabled them to do, it's amazing what God does under the power of his Holy Spirit. Okay. All Jesus people have gifts, singular, plural. I don't know. That's up to Jesus. Um, there is no exemption clause. So if you're a Jesus follower, you have gift or gifts, you then get to use them. That's uh, what your role is. And, and these gifts exist so that while we are different, we are not divided. Sometimes in our world, we think that different means divided, right? We teach small children um, to group things by color, shape, size, flavor. You know what I mean? Like, it's a developmental stage, right? Where we're like, sort all the red balls from the blue balls, right? And we grow up learning that things that are same should be together and things that are different should be apart. We have to undo that in God's economy because God has designed us uh, that we are all different and yet somehow we belong together in our differences. That all of our differences don't um, clash, but they actually perfectly fit together in this immense puzzle that God has painted for us that when one of us is missing, you ever just tried to do a puzzle and you miss the one piece and you get all the way to the end and you can't find that one stinking puzzle piece? You look in the box, it's not there. You look under the table, not there. Check the couch cushions, not there. And you realize, I can't finish this puzzle. I will never know what this looks like because that one puzzle piece is gone, right? God has designed us like that. Every single one of us uniquely shaped. Every single one of us special and different. But we find our purpose when we interlock with one another. We find a great calling, a beautiful picture when we are interlocked together. We are different, but we are not divided. Um, in verse 24, it says this. Um, God has composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. So if one member suffers, all of us suffer. If one member suffers, all of us suffer. 
If one member suffers, all of us suffer. We don't get to exempt ourselves from the suffering of one of our brothers and sisters. And I will go even so far as to say, because this is biblical, I'm not just talking about the church that we're sitting in. The global body of Christ. Think about that. There are brothers and sisters in Christ who are right now at this very moment in prison, threatened by death, because they proclaim Christ, because they were serving the body of Christ with their gifts. Our brothers and sisters across the world are suffering, and we are called to suffer with them, right? To pray for them, to feel the, come on, Jesus, do something for them. We don't get to exempt ourselves from that. We are interwoven as the body of Christ. But if one member is honored, should we not all rejoice together as well? This is the one we like better, right? This is the one, this is, this is where potlucks come in, right? We celebrate stuff together, you know? Um, that's what I love when I see people post on Facebook, celebration moments, Bryson's um, shooting competition. And when I see those things, I like to share that on the church Facebook page because we should celebrate the stuff that's going on in the lives of the members of our church, right? It's very exciting when we all get to then see people who have done something or maybe their picture was posted in the newspaper or who knows what, you know? And then when we see them and they don't know that we know, but we can be like, high five, that was awesome, right? And we celebrate together and it bonds us together and we become a tighter knit body of Christ. Likewise, when one of our body members is suffering, body members is suffering, and we see them, and we see. We don't just physically see them, but we see, you know what I mean? The suffering. We know what is going on in their life, and we can walk up to them and just put a hand on the shoulder and say, man, I know, and I'm here for you. We are strengthened. We are united. We are different, but we are not divided. Our differences actually are what hold us together. It is the interlocking weird puzzle pieces that connect us. We are different, but not divided. And God has designed it to be this way. That's it. That's as simple as it gets. If you are a Christ follower, you have a gift or gifts from God. You have no exemption clause from this. There is no out. You get to serve in that gifting. Um, that is God's will for your life. And when you do, it strengthens the body of Christ. It leads people to see Jesus. It enables the church to do ministries it wouldn't be able to otherwise do. So the worship team is going to come and lead us in a time of worship. And this is an opportunity for you to, one, if you've never trusted Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, it's a great time to do it. He is ready and willing to be like, yeah, high five, let's do life together, you and Jesus, right? I don't know why the high five thing is my thing today, but it is. Yay, Jesus. Um, and, uh, and once you accept Christ, there are going to be gifts that he is going to give you. You might not understand them at first. You might not recognize them at first, but the body of Christ is here to help you figure that out. So text next, 206-887-9400. We'll help you sort that out. And then we will work together love together, live together, serve together, pray together, give together as the body of Christ 
And when we do that, we will see what Christ will do in, among us, and through us for his glory and the good of the church and the people around us. Receive Christ as your Savior today. Receive gifts from his hand today. And if those two are covered, then you best ask Jesus how you should be using your gift. And, uh, and he will reveal that to you because that is his plan for your life. So let's pray and worship. Lord, thank you um, for Paul's writings, for such a simple message, for uh, your generosity to give us gifts as you see fit. And we might not have the gift we want, but we have the gift that you've designed for us, the one that will cause our heart to sing when we submit to it. Help us recognize the gifts that you have given us. Help us rely on the gifts that you have given others. And help us serve with the gifts that you have given to us. We pray this in your name.